Carlos wrote to me and wants to know what kind of business he should be looking for if he's interested in a recession-proof business. Great question. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Hey, and welcome. So as I said when I when I started the video, today we're going to be talking about recession-proof businesses. But first, I want to remind you guys that today's video sponsor is uh, Mark Willis over at Lake Growth Financial. And uh, Mark is a proponent and teaches people about the bank on yourself system for building equity within life insurance so that you have access to an always growing asset that you can borrow against anytime you want without having to qualify for credit. And it's guaranteed to keep growing even in a recession. And uh, we actually addressed that in the last video that I had Mark on. If you go over to newbankingsolution.com, you can see the intro webinar where we introduce how this kind of system works. There's also a link there to a playlist of all the interviews I've done with Mark over the years. He's been a recurring guest now for three or four years on the YouTube channel. So you can check him out over there at newbankingsolution.com. So let's talk about recession-proof businesses. What, what does that mean, right? Um, basically, what Carlos wants to know is if he buys a business today, he won't have to worry if there's an economic downturn. The business should carry on just as it always has. So I started to make a list of recession-proof businesses and uh, the qualities that they would have. So, you know, here's the first one that I thought of, you know, manufacture, produce, and sell insulin, uh, because obviously people with diabetes uh, need to have that or they're going to pass on, right, or get very ill. And as I started to make this list, I realized that almost everything that I could think of that fell into this absolute need category is dominated by big industry, right? The natural gas, electricity, water for drinking, uh, different medications, that kind of stuff. It's all dominated by the world of big business. And that's not really, you know, what a lot of us have access to. I mean, might be able to buy shares in these companies, but we're not going to buy them and operate them, right? And so, if the needs people have are pretty much dominated by these big companies, then at the other end of the spectrum would be wants, right? Even if there's an economic downturn, people want certain things and they're going to go out of their way to make sure that they can get the things that they want. There's a, there's always a, a classic example of somebody who won't, you know, uh, they'll, they'll be very miserly in their consumption of everything because they want to be saving money for that new thing that they really want. Right. And so wants are a little trickier, though, because if somebody really wants to travel and there's a downturn, maybe they lose their job, et cetera, they may still find a way to travel, but they're going to do it in a different way. Right. They're going to do it in a less expensive way or they'll travel to a place where they have a friend where they can stay, you know, maybe for free instead of going someplace where they need to uh, pay for a hotel, for example, instead of flying to another country, they'll go somewhere where they can drive right? Which, which introduces the concept of substitution. And this is important because I've noticed this even in my own local grocery store. 
when inflation started to kick up in a big way over the course of this year, I noticed some changes at the grocery store. The first change was related to supply chain. I would notice an aisle that had a lot of, you know, a certain kind of thing. And then I would come around the next aisle and I would say, oh, there, there's another display of rice over here. And then what it was, of course, is, is these things that weren't able to be delivered. And the grocer was like filling in the empty holes on the shelves with things to make the shelves look more full than they really were. And But one of the other things that I noticed is that there were increasingly these displays of things like larger packages of goods. So, so uh, you know, instead of just offering macaroni and cheese in boxes, they were now offering it in cases at a lower price. And, and I noticed this in several different places in the grocery store where they were offering this bulk packaging, larger containers, which of course end up giving you a lower unit or lower cost per ounce or, or whatever. And so it, it's, it's substitution is what it is. The grocery store is trying to respond to inflation by allowing people to have a different way of buying, continuing to buy what they want in a more economical fashion. So this is a key substitution because really when we talk about a business that is recession proof, let's talk about a business that is not recession proof or one that may run into the risk of failing if there's a bad economic downturn. So I call this the danger zone kind of business. So it would be things like having a high cost of goods sold. So if you're in a business with a low gross margin, it means that a very tiny reduction in overall revenue can be a large reduction in your profit. So if you sell some kind of commodity good where your profit, your markup is very small, let's say you, you sell lumber and you're trying to sell two by fours for $10, but they cost you $8.50. So each one that you sell, you only make $1.50, right? If you suddenly sold and you were selling $100,000 worth a year and you were that you had no expenses, all of a sudden that came down to $15,000 of profit, gross profit. And then, um, and then let's say that the 15,000, uh, you know, you paid your overheads and there was something left. If you had a small reduction in the sales that you did, like a 20% reduction in sales, then, um, that would equate to much greater than a 20% reduction in your profitability. So high cost of goods sold businesses are more susceptible to downturns, especially if they have large fixed costs. So if you think about a business with low margins and a big overhead, like a large building that they have to pay for, uh, a big operation with lots of staff, lots of equipment, et cetera, then if they have a relatively small downturn in revenue, their entire profit can be wiped away. These are the kinds of businesses that end up in trouble quickly when there's an overall economic downturn. And especially if they don't have very good information, if they find out too late that things are declining. So when I think of an old school business that doesn't have a lot of, doesn't have computerized inventory, doesn't have a lot of um, you know, computerized information, it can take a month or a quarter end where they count inventory and things like that for them to realize that their margins are shrinking or that their revenue is falling and that their profitability is being reduced. Uh, things like a robust inventory can hide a lack of profitability because you could be selling down your inventory um, and it may appear that your cash is growing, but you could be losing money while that's happening, if you know what I mean. And so if we look at that danger zone business, let's look at the opposite of that. It would be 
a business where you have good margins so that you could choose to respond to a downturn by shrinking your margins. You, you could have more flexibility to do promotions to try to drive revenue, attract, if there are fewer people buying your thing, you want to attract people from further afield. And you could do that through some kind of promotion. If you have thin margins, your ability to do promotions is going to be more limited. So you want good gross margins. What's the other thing you want? You want good information. You want to be able to know precisely what's happening with your inventory, precisely what's happening with your revenue, precisely what's happening with your expenses, so that you can see in near real time how the business is changing. And that gives you the opportunity to respond and not be behind the eight ball. Um, over the course of my career, I've worked with so many people who uh, had a business that fell into decline, but they didn't even realize it and started making changes until several months after the decline occurred, started. You don't want to be in that boat. You want to know what's happening in the business so that you can respond quickly. And that leads me to flexibility. So what kind of responses? Well, we already talked about promotion, cutting your own margin to promote and create more revenue, but responses in the ways that I described with the grocery store, changing the types of things being offered. Right. And this whole substitution idea is very important because if people like to treat themselves, if they like to go out and have dinner and all of a sudden money is tighter, they may not go to the steakhouse, but they still want to go out. So certain businesses that offer substitutes can actually do quite well in a recession because people still want the experience, but they want to do it for less. Now, if everyone stops going to the steakhouse and they start going to the burger joint instead, and the steakhouse understands that their clientele is slipping away, that things are changing, and they can see in real time how their business is, is being affected by the downturn, they can choose to respond by instituting the substitution on their own. So they could come out with some kind of promotion where they do like a burger festival or something. I don't know. It's it's or maybe they introduce more pasta recipes, which have a lower overall cost of goods sold, which allow them to create an offer that has a lower price point, but still maintain their profitability. Right. And so this is what I'm getting at is, is you want to choose a business that has a high degree of flexibility, but the information is key, knowing what is happening in the business at any given time. Now, if you are uh, going to be in one of these businesses, the key is to control the outflow of cash, right? You want to be able to make sure that you have a um, war chest of cash with which to deal with any kind of problem that may occur in the business. And so this is where information is important. So if you got money coming in, you have expenses, that, that's the money going out, your profits with what's left over. It's very easy to know if your revenue is declining because you can look at the till, right? The money that goes out a little bit more difficult to control because it isn't timed necessarily in the same kind of period as the money coming in. So you might have inventories from earlier. And as I mentioned before, your inventories could be declining, which leads to higher cash balances, which may fool you into thinking that your expenses are under control when actually you're just consuming the asset that is your inventory. Okay. So, by understanding what the expenses are and seeing how the revenue changes, this is what gives you the information you need to respond more carefully to make sure that the money doesn't leave too quickly. Now, the one thing that people often can't control 
is things like the, the fixed expenses, the rent, loan payments, you know, finance charges that you've agreed to. If you've bought the business or your financed equipment, things like this, you have to make those payments every month. Um, certain things like utilities, gas, electricity, water, right? You're going to have to pay those things regardless. And so if there's a way to make any kind of controls or adjustments to those outflows, it can create a huge advantage for you. So this channel is about buying and selling and financing and managing businesses. So if you were going to be buying a business right now, one of the key critical things that you could do in negotiating for the purchase of the business is to create a mechanism in the financing outflows that would allow you to conserve cash if things went down in a bad way. So in my, um, in my online course, Business Buyer Advantage, which you can learn more about over at businessbuyeradvantage.com, I had created modules, expansion modules back at the end of 2019 about buying a business in a recession because at the end of 2019, I believed we were heading into a recession. And then, you know, the public health crisis happened and, and uh, governments created mandates, they closed businesses, and then they created all of these, um, all these programs to help businesses survive, right? And so all of a sudden there was money available from the government and a lot of the recessionary action that was happening or, or seeming to be bubbling up at the end of 2019 kind of got pushed away. And now that all of those government programs have come to an end and other actions are happening in the economy to cause money to leave the economy. So increasing interest rates means that debts cost people more to service. So that's money leaving the economy. It's not going to come into your business if it has to go to the bank, right? We have, you know, different areas of the world where they've had things like student loan abatement, where people didn't have to make student loan payments. As those things come to an end, that's more money leaving the economy. If someone has to start making loan payments they haven't made in two years, they're not going to be able to spend that money in your business. So that's another, um, you know, reason why money is not going to be available. And then play things like some in some places since 2020, people haven't even been paying rent, right? And now that courts are reopening and that these rent relief programs are coming to an end, those people are going to have to come to some kind of agreement with their landlord or they're going to have to move and they're going to have to pay rent somewhere. Again, that's more money not available to come into your business. So, so all of these things that are kicking back in and the fact that governments aren't handing out money like they were before, these are all things that I think are going to put us right back, in fact, potentially even to a, a tighter position than I was seeing at the end of 2019. And so over at businessbuyeradvantage.com, those modules related to buying a business in a, in a recession are even more key now than they were before. And one of the things that I teach you over there is how you can use specific clauses in a seller note to actually give yourself cash flow relief if things in a recession get really bad. Um, so for example, you could have a seller note based on uh, you know whatever purchase price that you agree to for the business. And you could have a clause in that note that says if certain circumstances are, are realized, like if sales fall below a certain level or something like this, then as the payer on this note, I have an option of doing X, Y, or Z. So I have the option maybe to make an interest only payment, or I have the option to, you know, extend the life of this note, you know, amortizing it over a longer period of time, which gives me more breathing room in the meantime, immediately, as far as my cash going out the door. Because when sales suddenly drop 
And you know, I'm recording this just before Christmas. People are still going to want to go out and spend money on Christmas to buy gifts and things. When those bills come in from the credit card companies and people go, whoa, I have to pay this. More than ever, that's going to be another reason why dollars are leaving the economy. They're not going to be available to come into your store, right? And so, so in that scenario, if you bought a business right now, and then all of a sudden sales dropped dramatically um, in the beginning of 2023, and you had such a clause in your seller note, it would mean that you could hang on to that money instead of it going to the seller for a note payment. And that's what I teach in that module over business buyer advantage. And, and the way this works is it's lifetime access. So if you took business buyer advantage three years ago, you can just log in and you can get access to all those newer modules are still there for you. So, you know, to summarize Carlos, and it's a great question because a lot of people are thinking about this right now. The, the key thing when it comes to acquiring a business uh, and you're worried about a recession is control, flexibility, and information. Look at the business and ask yourself, um, does this, is this business going to have nice thick margins that I can play with if I have to? Is it going to give me the room to do price promotion if I have to? Am I going to have as close enough as I can to real-time information so that I can see what's going on in the business and notice a change immediately so I can respond? And is there a way to respond to changes? Will I be able to create a lower-priced offering to still, still satisfy the demands of the clientele in some way. So if you're in a more expensive or luxury type of environment, would I be able to offer something with a lower price point? So if this is the, you know, a jewelry store that sells very expensive stuff, would I be able to bring in lower price stuff if I need to, in order to keep the business rolling? If people don't have an appetite anymore for the expensive stuff. If I'm a car dealer, am I going to be able to increase my used car operations? For example, if people can't afford the new cars anymore. So these are the types of questions you should be asking because at the end of the day, it's the businesses that are the most flexible and adaptable that are going to be able to survive what happens in the economy. And, um, and that's the best advice I can give you. And if you have any other other ideas of how someone could pick a business that is most adaptable or uh, will most likely survive in the case of a recession, please put your comments down below. I love reading those comments and they actually a lot of the time become the inspiration for new videos that I record. And with that, we'll see you later and uh, talk to you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site at davidcbarnett.com. You'll find hundreds of articles and videos all for free. You'll find links to my books and online courses, and you can sign up for my email list and get emails covering topics that interest you and be notified of new videos.